Motherfuckers, it's your host with the most, being Katie. You're tuning to Jam Planet Podcast, and this is season two, episode two. And today we're going to be reviewing Master Ace, A Long Hot Summer, which came out in 2004. And with me, I have my host with the least, aside Jordan. Say what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> we're both the hosts. So. Yeah. So this is my season. So these are all going to be albums and topics that I have going because last last season was all Westside Jordans. So with this, we're going to actually do into episode two, and we're going to talk about, like I said, Master Ace, A Long Hot Summer. And so I'm going to get some history on how the album came together and who Master Ace is as a whole. So Master Ace, real name is Duvel Clear, and his he's actually a rapper from Brownsville, New York. He got his start back in 1999, I said 1999, all right, 1989 on the song, The which was a Juice Crew posse cut. And he also appeared on other albums in that in 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 control album, which was Marley Mar album, the same the same song that um the same album that had the symphony song. And from there, a year later, he actually released his first album, which was Take a Look Around on Cold Chilling Records. And then from that year, nineteen ninety to ninety five, he released uh, three albums. That was um take a look around which was his first like i said and then his second was slaughterhouse which was the formation of the group master ace incorporated all right so he had he had a couple members that lord digger paula perry i feel like i'm missing a couple other characters I, I totally forgot and then his breakthrough album which was his third album which came out in 1995 and that was um sitting on chrome and this album was very commercially a success like it was the reason why it was like very commercially successful was because it had that West Coast sound, so it gravitated towards a large audience. Because West Coast was really popping in '95. Yeah, like yet out like Tupac was really big at that time, and a couple other cats. And this this album spawned uh, three commercial signal sig I can't even talk signals that reached top twenty in Billboard, and that was Born to Roll, Sitting on Chrome, INC Ride. And then that same year, he had he also had a falling out with members of the Master Ace, which was Paula Perry and Lord Digga, which led to the group splitting splitting up. Then ninety five through two thousand, he was largely missing from the rap music scene. And during these like these like five years, he released like vinyl sing singles. And then in two thousand one, Master Ace released a song called "Ghetto Like," which led to a misunderstanding to the high and mighty group member Boogeyman. Boogeyman thought Ace was copying his style and released the song Just Just You Wait. And this led to a lyricist lounge rap battle, which Master Ace lost. But Master Ace got him back on the song Acknowledge, which came out on the Disposable Arts album, which came out the same year. And that was his first album that he recorded in over five to six years. And that album was really it was a critically acclaimed album, but it sold poorly due to J Core Records folding and the lack of promotion. And then three years later, he released uh, the 2004 Master Ace album, uh, A Long Hot Summer, which was a pre a prelude to uh, Disposable Arts. And Disposable Arts is actually now out of print now, which is unfortunate. So that being said, we're gonna get on to the producers of the album. So the producers on the album is Doug Infinite. Knife Wonder, uh, 
I think it's Chris, Chris, Chris yeah, Crisis, Nostradamus, aka Dams, and S S L A, Kool Aid, Dr. Period, DJ Spinna, Marco Polo, Explicit, DJ Serious, Masked Ace, and DJ Rob. The guest appearances on the album is uh, Apocalypse, Strict, Jean Grey, Big Noid. I think her name is Lashia. She's like an R&B singer. The Beat Nuts, Razelle. Uh, Fats Belveder, Frankie Aikens, I want to say, Franklin Grant Jr., Steve Dent, and Michael Rappaport. So through Fats Belvedere to to Michael Rappaport, those are all just like um, roles since it is a concept album that has skits. So those are just like voice actors for it. And the rest, like before I said that, were just all musical artists. So, And then the and then there's no singles on the album whatsoever. So let's dive into the track. So our first track is a interlude. It's called The Count. And it features a short simp snippet sample from James Brown down and out in New York City. And in, it's basically in a Motel 6. And Master Ace is talking to Fats Belvedere as he counts money. And Hotel Maintenance is fixing a toilet. And they're knocking on the door. So we'll get to the end. It all connects to the end. So this is kind of like... It's kind of doing a Pulp Fiction where it starts from the end to the beginning. So what are your thoughts on that, Westside Jordan? Um, so as for how skits go, I will say that this, you know, we're going to find out later that as skits go on this album, I would say the skits a add a little bit more to the story. Yeah, this, this, these skits are better. Uh, they're a little bit more higher quality. Um, and this is definitely a start. Uh, of what I would say is def is that this whole album is going to sound a very cinematic, um, you know, and so that's kind of like the start of it. A lot of the songs sound cinematic, and the story that a lot of these um, skits tell are going is, is are kind of told in like a cinematic way. So uh, overall, for as for skits go, um, I like this. I actually kind of like this one. Um, and uh, as 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 the viewers know, we we have our thoughts on skits. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so like he said, I'm not really big on skits, but it's kind of necessary for a concept album. But if I'm listening through it, um, like let's say I'm listening through it, just I I'm just gonna go through the songs. I'm not gonna really focus on the skits, but for like. Reviewing purposes, we have to go through everything. But I did think this uh, skit was very hilarious because Fats Belvedere is like an animated character on you. He's kind of like straight out of those like mafia movies, you know. He has like yeah. that voice and everything. He reminds me a lot of Joe Pesci. I'm not sure if you know who he is, but he reminds me a lot of him though. But yeah, that's so we get so that's the count, which was the intro. Then we get to the first song on the album, which is track number two, and that's a big city produced by Doug Infinite. And this is just Master Ace talking about what illegal activities people do to get by in rough times in the city. And I think this is a dope way to start it off. It has like that soulful, soulful type of beat. And my favorite lyrics is, life is a test you better up them scores. So those are my thoughts on this song. How about you? Uh, I really like this song. Uh, I thought that this song was pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, the beat kind of reminds me like if like, Kanye West made like a more Grammy beats. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Um, and definitely, like you said, talks about like, you know, Grammy life in New York at the time. And 
Yeah, and he also t- kind of tells stories about the people in his neighborhood. Uh, and towards the end, he does get a little bit more political about yeah. how a lot of the problems that he sees in his neighborhood, um, you know, how, how they should change. Uh, so, he, and like, you know, he kind of grew up kind of around the same time as like, you know, Nas kind of did. I believe he was born, I believe Master Ace was born of what, like 66? Yeah, 66. So, so I mean... He kind of, he definitely grew up in the, during uh, one of New York's roughest eras, so yeah, um, he definitely shows that in this song. And I just love how Master Ace, he's just very good at incorporating just stuff around him, just him painting a vivid picture. And he's yeah, like, a, yeah. this shows that he's a very avid storyteller. He's really good at storytelling. He's probably one of the best storytellers next to um, Slick Rick and other few rappers like that. Cause I just feel he just like conveys like just the imagery is what makes it very like pleasant to the eyes. Cause he actually, you as an audience, put yourself in the picture of what he's describing. You know, it's just not like yeah. basic level. He goes into like people's names, what they do to get by. I just thought that was very interesting. And you're gonna see that through the whole album, basically. So yeah, those are all our thoughts on that. So we get to track number three, which is "Good Old Love," and this is produced by Knife Wonder. Knife Wonder featuring Lachea. And Knife Wonder is like a very popular producer. He's like probably one of the most popular producers on this album. And in this song, Master Ace is just asking fans, listeners to show him love. And it's over like a slow, soulful beat. And it's easily one of the best songs on this album. And some lyrics that I like is, hey yo, the world going, show me, show some love listen and i'm not talking about fake hugs and kissing 15 years a lot of love is missing i done already showed i'm not above the dissing but now i got a wife she bad as hallie her mom's is a militant her dad is rally rowdy so i just thought those were some clever lines in there so what are your thoughts on here so this song i guess comes up with my uh, i guess fun fact for the episode um the guest singer on this song Lachey is Master Ace's wife. Oh shit, um, you're right. You're yeah, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um this is just kind of like a, a fact that I just came up with just recent just like kind of just through some a little bit of research I did just now. Yeah. Um the sample, uh give me some give me some of that good old love by Willie Hutch is beautifully incorporated into the song, like you said. Um and he's definitely like you know it's in the title he's talking about love and you know and he's kind of talking about how like he's seen a lot he like he's been around the world he's seen a lot and now he's starting to settle down you know as he's now married um with the guest singer on uh this song which i believe they are still married today um, yeah they are yeah which is pretty cool and i believe lachey has her um has like a radio show of some sorts yeah. and uh they definitely support each other um but yeah um so yeah, that's my thoughts on good old love yeah and i also like to mention how like the album is very soulful sounding it, it seems like connie west or knife wonder could have produced the whole album you know it yeah just has i that, agree it just has that consistency to it the sound wise which i like so we get to our fourth track on here, which is a skit, 
I mean, the interlude is you want to call it, and that is Fats Belvedere. And it's just Fats talking about, just talking about, um, yeah, he's talking about the guy, like he's that dude in the hood that can get anyone anything, and he's just talking about the relationship that he has with Master Ace. So that's what I got from this, from this uh, yeah. interlude. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got out of this. And uh, he also kind of talks about Master Ace and how he, uh, Master Ace is, uh, Master Ace is, uh, he's, he's worked, he's worked hard a lot in his music. Uh, that, that's also kind of part of what Fats Belvedere's talking about in this skit. Um, but yeah, it's, it kind of continues kind of like the cinematic feel of it because it's almost like kind of like a giving a backstory as like their relationship before they kind of get into the story they're talking about in the count so yeah that's my thoughts on the skit yeah he's definitely i would say facts is definitely the highlight of the album he just brings the comedic element to the whole album yeah it has like it balances seriousness with like funniness so that way you, yeah you keep yourself entertained throughout the whole album so we get to track number five which is the grind this is produced by crisis featuring apocalypse and then in this song, Ace is talking about his struggle and that the grind through the rap industry. And I like the somber and soulful beat. And this is a dope song overall. And my favorite lyrics are, I work hard, I work hard, I work hard on the job like immigrants, and I always try to get my first half in advance. So I just thought that was a dope line from there. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it. How about you, Westside? Uh so for me, I feel like like the the chorus was a little bit weaker. Um, yeah. But overall, the song is good. Uh, I like the uh, the sample and the Nas sample, uh, Hate Me Now, uh, on this. Uh, and I what I like about up. him, and yeah, I believe the song is, I think on Wikipedia it says, which, you know, it says that it's Hate Me Now by Nas. Um, and what I like about it is how he's kind of, he's definitely talking about how hard he works and how, like, you know, he's he's doing a lot of, like, the stuff, like, Kind of like the work of a lot of different people by himself um which i think is pretty cool that he talks about that um and you'll find out later that he really hates labels um yeah. so <laughs> yeah. yeah that's my thoughts on the grind he's like an independent artist you know because he's been yeah. with like a lot of labels and they kind of screwed him over you know they yeah all... which... and he he actually talks about it in a later song too about the labels yeah that's like towards the end i forget the name of the song but i have the notes for it anyway yeah so we get to track number six which is h-o-o-d the hood produced by nostradamus and this song is similar to the song take a walk which came out on the disposable arts album three years earlier and in this song, Ace is just describing what the hood is like and bad things that happen, but he still calls it his home because he was born and raised there. And my favorite lyrics are, I listen, they got wild and rough blocks where it's hard to trust cops. Get shot on your way to the school at the bus stop. Damn, that kid was fine scholar. Hear his mom, mama whine and holler. He died for $9. Young mothers trying to learn the ropes. And then... One dollar lotto games turn their hopes. So I just thought those were interesting and kind of real lyrics that, that he was kicking. So what are your thoughts on it? 
Oh, those, those lyrics that you said, uh, they are pretty good. I remember uh, yeah. specifically that last line. I thought that, la that last line you said was really good. Um, and I think what he's saying in the song rings very true. Um, he's pretty much talking about how, you know, every city, everywhere has a, you know, has a part of town that it's just, it doesn't get as much love as the other parts of town, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, it definitely has a bad reputation, you know, hence the, the name Hood. Um, <laughs> And uh, the sound of the song is also sounds very uh, like Kanye West esque. It does. Um, it's and I think it's really good. I think like this is like peak Kanye West, not uh, you know, yeah. modern Kanye West. But this is like back to this is back. But yeah, the, this is like peak, yeah, this is like 2004 Kanye West sound. College drop. Uh, yeah, like that. That like that's the kind of quality of the beat this is. And I thought that the song was really solid, and I really liked it. Yeah, it just sounds like Kanye West because it has that chipmunk soul. Because I'm not sure if you if you know Kanye West older beats, they kind of have like the female singer. It's very high. Pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just I, I, very yeah. warm and soulful. Yeah, yeah, very. Um, yeah, like you said, very warm and soulful, and uh, and also a lot of the beats tend to be a little bit kind of have like that reminiscent sound to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I kind of like about this album, how he got no name producers, but they they sound just as up to par as like the very popular producers. That's what I kind of like about the album, and what his mindset was at. Yeah, because these albums could easily not albums, but these songs easily can, like the instrumentals, they can they can stand up to like some of the greatest at the time. So yeah, we get yeah. to track. Yeah, yeah. You can go ahead, sorry. No, you can go ahead. What are you going to say? No, I was just agreeing with you. I was just oh. agreeing with you. All right, gotcha. So we get to track number seven, which is The Stood. And this is basically another, what's it called, an interlude. And Master 8 is just sitting on a stoop. And then Fats is approaching him and asking him to come by the crib so he can run an idea by him. But yeah, that's what I got from it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got from it, too. Um, pretty much... You know, and I do like this uh, skit because at the ending, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, Fats kind of asks, because, like, kind of asks him, like, uh, you know, what, like, what's the beauty that he sees in, you know, this whole neighborhood and the situation. And, uh, you know, Master A's, he pretty much, he's kind of, like, saying how, like, he can find beauty in anything and, like, especially in his neighborhood. Um while others maybe they don't see it as well as he does, uh, he he's able to see the beauty and everything, uh, which I thought was a pretty cool addition to the skit. And that and what he says that actually leads to the transitions to the other song, which is track number eight, "Beautiful," which is produced by Kool Aid. And it has a uh, background vocals by Wordsmith, who's another guest appearance on here. I'm not sure if you picked up on that, Kern, where that that song where you said the beautiful and then a chant transitions to the song beautiful i'm not sure if you picked up on that unfortunately when i had listened to this uh yeah the copy that i was because like, i was listening to it on youtube i had to they accidentally skip beautiful uh, so i had to go back and listen to it so i ended up listening to the song after beautiful right after <laughs> the skit which is which you'll find out is very weird but now that you say that yeah that makes sense so i i listened to beautiful don't worry but still yeah i yeah, so yeah, it's glad that you said that because uh, I would not have been able to pick that up. 
Yeah, it's like a subtle, it's kind of a subtle reference, though. But that just yeah. shows how, like I said, how consistent it is. Because the song, the, the skits transition to the songs, like, perfectly, just seamlessly. And so we get to track number eight, which I said, Beautiful, produced by Kool-Aid. And this is just Ace talking about the beauty, the beautiful things he sees. No pun intended, this is a very beautiful song. I just love how sad it is and how uplifting it could be also. I just love that piano beat. And this is definitely one of the best songs on this album. It's not my, it's not like, it's not my number one, but it's definitely in my top five. My favorite lyrics, this is, this kind of made me, this is gonna make a lot of people shed tears, but I, I see a black man aiming his gun, but I'd rather see a black man claiming his son. I just thought that was, that was pretty deep as fuck, man. That was just a beautiful lyric too, man. But yeah, those are my thoughts on this song. So when I when I at first this is like like the first kind of like rift of the beat, you almost kind of think it's like a West Coast sound. Yeah. Um, as you said earlier, like one of his earlier albums had a very West Coast sound to it. So it's yeah. kind of funny that you said that because that's what I was thought. That's this album. Um, this is my first Master Ace album I've listened to, so yeah, this definitely so it's kind of like this is all new to me. Um, yeah, and he's definitely talking about you know the success he's had in rap, and he's very reminiscent in this uh, song, which uh, yeah, and I would agree that this song is, like you said, very beautiful, matching the title. Yeah. Did this? I'm just curious. Did this uh, make your top five? Uh, I think I need to update my top five things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you might will. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, uh, probably going to do that. So we get to, we get to track number nine, which is Faye, which stands for Fuck All Y'all, produced by DR Period. I think that's the same DR Period that did some stuff for MLP. I'm not 100% sure, though. But it's featuring Strict. And this is just a fuck the world type of song and it sounds like an Eminem beat. Overall it's a solid song. It's definitely one of the weakest so far in the bridge of songs that we went through but I do have some favorite lyrics from it. That is so all the mean creditors and magazine editors same ones that deaded us and put niggas ahead of us. That was from Master Ace and then from Strict. Yo I'm simply trying to eat till my belly is fat and I I rest I rest in the Midwest where R. Kelly and Nelly be at where my name ring bells, like, whose celly is that? So that was from Strict. So overall, those are my opinion on the song. Definitely one of the weakest on, so far in the album, I guess you can say. Yeah. So um, it's funny that you say that this beat sounds like an Eminem beat, because that's kind of what I thought, thought that sometimes stuff the album is that some of the songs would definitely sound Eminem-ish. Uh, yeah. I believe Eminem has also cited uh, Master Ace as an influence. Yeah, I was him. just so, tell you that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's definitely talking about uh, a lot of the things he dislikes, uh, whether it just be, record labels. you know, just, where, yeah, he, yeah, this is definitely, you definitely start seeing his hatred for record labels in this song. And then, you know, he goes from like hatred to record labels to things that he hates just like in his everyday life. Um, and uh, I believe it has an Ice Cube sample. Um, 
I don't, I forgot what song, but it does feature Ice Cube, and it's just Ice Cube saying "fuck all y'all." Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, um, let me look it up real quick. And you know, I would agree that I don't think this is one of the strongest songs on the album. Uh, there's stronger songs on here. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was "Better Off Dead" by Ice Cube. Yeah, I, I thought I recognized Ice Cube's voice. As a, as a West Coast rap fan, you have to notice that. Dude, I didn't even pick up on that. I didn't even know Ice Cube was sampled, man. That was, yeah. That was, I'm glad that you brought it up, man. I did not know that. So, yeah, so that's my thoughts on... Um, Faye. Faye, Faye. Yeah, so we get to track number 10, which is like the middle of the album, I guess you can say. And that is Fats Crib. And in this song, Ace is just venting to Fats about the music industry, which which correlates with Faye. And Ace goes into the store to get Fats laundry detergent and Hem Sprite, which is gonna lead to our eleventh song. But I'm gonna let um Westside give his thoughts on this skit real quick. So you know, it's pretty much just you know, he's just gonna go to the store and uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much this adds to the storyline they're trying to tell. I guess I'll probably name this one as probably one of the weaker skits yeah. uh, on the album, just because I, I don't know how much it really fits into the storyline. Uh, but I mean, like you said, it does fit in with the next song, but it doesn't really fit in with the storyline. Yeah. That's my thought. So I guess you can say this is considered filler then. A little bit, yeah. But I mean, it, it but it connects to the next song. So I mean, I guess you get extra points for that. But I'm not sure how much it adds to the story. Yeah, you're actually gonna see real quick. But basically, um, so Ace is going to the grocery store and he's just thinking of rhymes in his head. And then this this results in this track, which is Soda and Pop, which is track number eleven, produced by DJ Spin. Spin up featuring Jean Grey. And the, as a result, the track is just basically uh, Master Ace referencing different types of soaps and soda brands. And so the for verse one is talking about soda, and then verse two is just talking about different soaps. And I think that that's very like that's very creative when rappers do that. Like um what was the name? Ella Cool J did that with candy. Milky cereal, and then Jizza did that with, I want to say labels, where he's just talking about different labels, and then he did that with um, Fame, where he's just talking about different um, celebrities and stuff. And there, there was a couple other rappers that did it, but I'm, I can't think of it on the top of the head. So I think it's a dope song. It's just basically, uh, yeah, he's talking about a chick in this song, but that's pretty much what I got from the song. What are your thoughts on it? I, and I think it's a dope song too. Um, for me, I guess for me, like some of the content is about his life with fame and kind of like reflecting on how it was before. Yeah. Um, overall, for me, I feel like this is probably like one of the weaker songs. Yeah. Uh, the the chorus is not my favorite. Yeah, I, was, um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I don't really feel like this song fits the album. Uh conceptually that well um so overall it's not my favorite song um, 
you know, sound-wise it fits it, but yeah. conceptually it it lacks the it lacks the um, the cohesion with the rest of the album. Yeah, I can see that too. And so we get to song number twelve, which is "Do It Man" featuring. It was actually produced by Marco Polo featuring Big Noid, Big Noid of Mob Deep affiliation fame. And just talking about crooks and and hood, crooks in the hood and stick sticking up people and killing people over materialistic things. And I think Master Ace has one line where he's like, he's at the ATM and he doesn't want to get, he doesn't want people to come after him and rob him for his money. That was like a, a subtle verse that he threw. I think it was like towards the end or something like that. And my favorite lyrics is, I'm from the streets and I'm a G and I know nothing else. Like when there's beef, I grab a tech from the fucking shelf. Stuff it in my jeans, stop, step on the scene, ruin your health, snitches run their mouth, and that's why I do it myself. That was from Big Noid, and then from Master Ace. And then Master Ace says, and I just like Windex cleaner, it's clear that niggas settled problems with their index singer. And I just thought that was a very clever and witty line. So that's my thoughts on the slide. I think it's a very good song, in my opinion. I would definitely agree that that line that you said was really good. Um, for some weird reason, because Master Ace is not really on the chorus, to me, it sounds to me like Master Ace is more like a feature sounding to me yeah. than, say, like, the main artist. Um, uh, he's definitely, he's just, pretty much, they're both of them are pretty much talking, you know, how, you know, life could be dangerous and stuff like that, uh, yeah. in their, in their section. Um, yeah, uh, for me, like, this one, it was okay um was it did not make like my top five or anything so yeah that's my thoughts on do it man and i also wanted to mention um they're actually playing different roles so so big noid is playing the perspective of a stick-up kid and then master ace is just playing the the perspective of him that he doesn't want to get he doesn't want to get attacked by these certain people He's just telling them this is how they do it, and then he says this is how we do it. So, just kind of playing different roles. Actually, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. Um, I guess because you said that, you know, I didn't really pick that up. I think that that's that might give this uh the song some extra points for me. Yeah, and also if you look, that's how I discovered it through the um genius. Because if you, it's very subtle. Like you'll miss it though, but um. Their their choruses are altered. Uh, Big noise to this is how we do it, man. And then the master ace says this is how they do it, man. So yeah, mm. I just picked up yeah. on it later on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we get to track number thirteen, which is Brooklyn Masala, and this is produced by Explicit, featuring Lachey, which is Master Ace's wife, like Westside Jordan said. And basically, this is a love song. So Ace is talking about meeting a Pakistani chick at a um, grocery store and he takes her out they go they go on a date to go to the city because she doesn't want to see Kill Bill and certain other movies because they don't have black people in there that was actually a line in the um, song I thought it was very funny and I just love the I just love the song to death I love the beat and the sample they use I just love that lo-fi beat it has like that high techish kind of sound to it my favorite lyrics is I can tell she was she was New York, 
I, I can tell she was new in New York just from her tone because she doesn't, she wasn't that typical rude and ignorant, teeth sucking, eye rolling, telling me to leave her alone. This may sound kind of Wu-Tang Clanish, but this butter pecan, honey was in Spanish. So I just thought those were, he was paying homage to the song Ice Cream by Raekwon, which was on the Only Built for Cuban Links album, which is a very classic album. So I just thought I'd put that out there. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it. This definitely does make my top five though. So a little fact about the title. Uh, the reason why it's called Brooklyn Masala is uh, Masala is kind of like uh, like kind of like uh, some mix some spices uh, that are commonly used in you know in Pakistani cuisine and uh, you know and also in, you know around Pakistan and other countries around it like India Nepal and all that um, I'm just getting all this off of Wikipedia but that's kind of like where the that's kind of where that comes from is uh, masala is as a common spice used in Pakistan and the girl that he's going on this date with is from Pakistan. Um, I really liked the song. Uh, I thought it sounded really good. Uh, I liked uh, the Nas sample on this. Um, and I think it was a good beat to tell the story that he was trying to tell. Uh, yeah, so that's my thoughts on Brooklyn Masala. Yeah, I, I always wonder what Masala meant, but thanks for explaining, Jimmy. Now you're making me hungry, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we get to another skit, which is uh, track number 14, The Proposition. And this is Fats wanting Master Ace to take him on tour with him. So he can be like the side hustler and do... In order to do this, he bribes Master Ace with material things such as a flat screen plasma TV. And um, what's it called? A, a Rolex or some, some fancy watch like that, gold watch. So Matt, the plan is that Master Ace goes on tour and then um, Fast just kind of does his, um, his side hustlers so it can kind of look legit that he's he looks like he's actually a rogue or something like that. So that's what I got from it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got from it too. Um, yeah, I think you pretty much explained it. Yeah. All right. So we get to track number 15, which is Travelocity Feet Produce by Nostradamus featuring Punchline and Wordsmith. And so this song, they're just talking about different, going around the world and fucking different girls, basically. I thought the beat was okay. The hook was mad. Overall, this was an okay song. I think it's kind of skipped going away. What I do, what kind of saves the song is this, these funny and witty lyrics that they're in the rhyming scheme that, that really kept me interested. And then at the end, there's actually a skit where Fat, Fats tries to pull a gun out on someone, but it's like a misunderstanding, and Master Ace clears it up. That way, that, that dude doesn't get killed. It was on a tour bus or something like that. My favorite lyrics are Switzerland, Suzanne. That that was with the band. We had sex under the stands where they sit. The fans unzipped her pants, rubbed the clit with my hands, jerked me off till her wrist twisted and jammed. I can't wait to get my dick French kissed in France. That was from Wordsmith, and then from uh, Punchline, yo, in India, I got the Indian chick named Dirty Red. When I come, I just aim for the dot on her forehead. I just thought that was fucking funny. And then for Master Ace, Vanessa White, no draws. Dress was tight. She said she was a dyke. 
till I sex her, right? And then from um, Punchline, check the next visit. I'm in New York, New Orleans with Bridget Twisted. I made the pussy fart when I hit it. My LA girl is here, drunk off the liquor. She slides down my pole like a Miami stripper. So I just thought those were funny ass lyrics. <laughs> but yeah, those are my thoughts on the song. How about you? So I definitely agree with you that the rhyming and you know the, definitely keeps you into the song. Um, yeah, the beats and, okay. Yeah, the, and I would say that uh, you know the features on the song, which there are a lot of features, um, you know they do their thing. Like none of them really kills the vibe of the song. Yeah. Um, but I'm also going to have to agree with you too that it's not you know one of the stronger songs. Um, you know, it's not the reason to buy the album. So yeah, that's my thoughts on Travelocity. And it also takes its name from the company Travelocity, which is like a vacation and like flying hotel type type of company. So yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, so we get to track number 16, which is The Waste, produced by DJ Sirius. And in this song, Ace gives us introspective lyricism about violence and bad experiences that happen in closed doors in the music industry. And the last verse he gives is like realized examples of violent, violence that actually happened on record label, like um, when Suge Knight um, like was hanging Vanilla Ice from the window, I want to say. And then um, P. Diddy beating up Steve Stout with a crystal bottle. And um, yeah, what was I going to say? Yeah, my favorite lyrics are, listen, a life and raps like a knife in the back. This life attracts some of the trifest cats. Niggas getting deals with pipe pipes and bats and if that don't work then they strike with gats you want a big advance don't tell him twice hang his ass off the window like vanilla ice so i just thought those were funny lyrics but yeah those are my thoughts i think it's a dope song yeah this song's pretty good um you know he's definitely like you say talking about violence has turned in a way to make money <laughs> uh and also continues his uh you know his war against labels here yeah uh, because you know, he really you could tell he does not like labels um <laughs> i guess like my only complaint about this song is like the way he repeats the ways so many times yeah it gets a little repetitive and a little weird um but you know i would agree with you that this is definitely this is the the content of the song is very strong definitely is honestly this is probably one of where he actually gets kind of in detail about everything he's just very good yeah. master ace is just really good at giving details of stories he keeps you interested and very invested in it he just like paints a he just paints a very a vivid picture of what happens and goes on in like the world so we get to track number 17 which is what you want to know and it's spelled like in a weird ass way and this is produced by Doug Infinite featuring Ed OG. Ed OG, I think he did. He's part of the group Ed OG and the Bulldogs and stuff. And I just love the somber piano loop beat. And it's just very minimalistic. It's just repeating. And then this Ace and Ed OG are talking about serious shit that they're answering fans' questions that they have. And then first versus Ace is honest with his friends, fans, and comes clean to them. And Ed OG is talking about 
him having beef with uh, Diddy and Benzino, who um, Eminem had beef with also, which was Benzino also. And he also tells people to stop stirring up beef. And Ace, and then the third and final verse, Ace is talking about how he's maturing and he's not the same person he was when he was younger. My favorite lyrics is, now I hate on that nigga and stop stirring up beef. You turning up grief when you doubt your beliefs. That's from Ed OG. And then from Master Ace. Yeah, them rats about them rise. I was one of the first, but the facts, niggas high like guns, gun and purse. I just thought that was a very interesting lyric. So those are my thoughts on this song. Um, like you said, he's being very transparent about who he is uh, in the song, um, and about how he's uh, how like how both of them have grown up and how they've changed. Like they both show how like they have evolved as human beings since becoming. Uh, you know, famous and getting more money and how they've not, like, changed in a good way. How, like, they've kind of, you know, they've matured, they've, you know, done some more settling down in life because, you know, they, you know, when they first got famous, they're kind of talking about how, like, you know, they used to do what, you know, what, what anyone would do if they made a lot of money at a young age, you know, they kind of, you know, went out, partied and stuff. But now, you know, they're talking about how they've grown up a lot and I think that that's something that I can really respect from the song content-wise. Yeah. Um, I think the chorus is really good. Um, so overall, this song is also a really good song on the album. It's definitely a highlight song on here. Yeah. This one. Yeah. And then we get to track number 18, which is a skit, The After Party, featuring, it's not featuring anyone, but um, Fats and Master Ace are just talking about After Part. And then uh, Master Fats is having beefs with someone, and then Master Ace is act, asking him to calm down and go talk to some famous people and stuff. And then Fats wants to show him something when they get back to the hotel, which is actually going to transition to um, what was the song The Count? But we'll get to that later. Everything all wraps up. But yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Um, it's pretty interesting how you know, it's, it's, like, I feel like this stuff that comes back to, like, telling the story again. Yeah. Um, you know, he just wants to, like you say, he's just going to go in. He just wants to talk to Master Ace about something. And, yeah. Uh, like you said, it relates to what uh, is said in the count. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. This actually leads us to track number 19, which is Oh My God, produced by Explicit, featuring Beat Nuts and Razel. This is a braggadocial song. Dude, this beat is fucking horrendous, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, man. I used to like this one when I first listened to the album, but this album, this song is just horrendous, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's, it just sounds like some Disney sampled type shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And there's actually some, the lyrics are actually really funny too, but uh, my favorite lyrics is, y'all rap dudes are funny. I don't feud with dummies. I don't need no problems. I need food and money. I recall when we used to fool with honeys. That was cute as bunnies with the smoothest tummies. Now we like the Brinks trying to move this money. Run with the cast to AK man, rude and crummy. And that's from Master Ace. And then from Psycho Less, it was a stupid ass verse, but I just saw it was so stupid. That was funny. Y'all get dropped like what elephant shit? And I think the beat notes just lyrically they're not that good on this on the song. It's just very corny shit. It's very you know what I mean. Yeah. 
But Master Ace actually saves the song, I would say. Like, um, the V-Nuts, the V-Nuts verses are just laughably kind of bad, in my opinion. This is definitely a skip for me. What are your thoughts oh, man. on this? Oh, man, this song is not good. <laughs> uh, it is very scattered. Uh, just, it, it lacks. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just not very good. Um, and I, I would also say that uh, the, that oh my god part was just cringy. Oh, cringy. And uh, also one line that uh, did not age well at all uh, was when <laughs> they say, I do it for the kids like Bill Cosby. Oh, oh yeah. Man, that aged horribly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not, <laughs> I mean, you know, this is 2004, so like, you know, but uh, now that's not something uh, people are gonna say it. anymore, yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that line did not age well at all. Um, but yeah, overall, definitely a weak song, and this is just, corny, dude. It's corny, man. It's corny, man. It's very. Uh yeah, the verses are kind of childish, man. Honestly, it's yeah, not. They, it's like they cycle less. Sounded like he was asleep on it. He's just like drop like shit. You know what I mean? Like just they just sound like they're like on some some drugs when they made this dude. Just because how like laxated they were, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say about this. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely an oh my god moment, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that was is... a shitty pun that I made, but I just had to. <laughs> yeah, the title speaks for itself, man. <laughs> what was he thinking, though? So we get to track number twenty, which is cellmate. This ties everything together. When I mean everything, it ties in the beginning, which makes it that it's, it's just confusing. When I'm, I'm explaining it though, but like I said, track number twenty, which is cellmate, and this uh, Master Ace is telling the cellmate what happened. Last summer, and this the cellmate is actually voiced by um, what's that nigga's name? I'm trying to think, who's the dude that did the? It was, oh yeah, it's Michael Rappaport who did. He like interviews like rap artists and stuff. He did the um, a Tropical Quest documentary, which was a really good documentary. It's called like Beats, Rhymes, and Life or something like that. Tropical Quest, one of those. But yeah, um, so. So he's telling them like what happened when the so apparently those weren't the maintenance people to fix the toilet it was actually the feds because there's no maintenance that comes in the motel six so <laughs> <laughs> and so he got caught up in the mix and then fats he's like he doesn't really say what happened to fats but it's implied that fats did get some time he just he's like yo i heard from this man that fats is locked up now he's he got some time and then uh, the final question his cellmate asks is, are you going to rap again? Master Ace says no, but he does it because he has the prequel album, which is, no, the the sequel album to this, which is Disposable Arts. So, yeah. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on this. Um, I think it's definitely, it kind of like, it kind of like wraps up this whole uh, like you know, mob movie. Yeah. theme that he's trying to go up with and it just kind of like it kind of ends the story uh for what he's trying to what he's trying to tell um i would have liked to have 
you know, heard a little bit more about what happened to Fats, maybe. Yeah. Um, I also maybe would have wanted to hear, uh, like, the court. a little bit more about, like, what happened in the room at the time, you know? Yeah. But, um, but I would also say that this kind of does wrap it up a little bit. Yeah, the album was good at getting long, too. It was, like, 21 tracks. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So we get to song number 21, which is Revelations, produced by Master Ace and DJ Rob, featuring Lachey with uncredited vocals. And this is a somber beat, somber and sad beat. It's just Master Ace wrapping up the whole album. He's talking about what's happening in his mind, like him reflecting on what happened, what was going on to him. And I, I just think this is a dope song and dope way to end off the album. And my favorite lyrics is, I'm in this rap race, trying to eat the cheese, but y'all know, y'all don't know my name like Alicia Keys, so I don't need no magazine to reach the pinnacle, screw a review, and you can eat the interview, because that's what y'all seem to tend to do, them cats cover all seem identical, all these ups and downs like a roller coaster, life is a bitch, I'm trying to hold her closer, but y'all so fickle, y'all love me today, and tomorrow, love another cat and shove me away and that's a very true line because like you might your fans might love you but but the next day they're gonna love someone else and i just think that was very that's a very true line though so yeah those are my thoughts on this song um i think that this is it's an okay ending to the album um yeah. and you can definitely tell by listening to this is that it's it's a closing song yeah um and it does bring up a good thing, I think, more towards the beginning about owning your own music when you make it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but you can control it, uh, control the kind of content you make. Um, and it kind of talks about how it's really important to be yourself um, and how he, he tries to keep true to himself and how he tries to keep loyal people around him. Um, I do. I think that overall this is a pretty strong ending. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. And then there's actually track number 22, which I looked on the track listing, and I guess it only shows up on, like, the streaming services. I'm not sure if I have yeah. it on my album, but this is just the outro, and it's just bloopers. Yeah. Saying, it, it, it is what it is, right? No. Yeah, not, not, really, uh, not, really, not really necessary. Yeah. That, that reminds me of, like, the movie where it's, like, a, a good movie, and then they put, like, corny bloopers for, like, the credits and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't care for it, but to me, the album ended off at Revelations. Yeah, the outro wasn't really needed. So yeah. So yeah, that concludes the album review for um, Master AC Long Hot Summer, which came out in 2004. And I'm gonna give my closing thoughts, and then uh, West Side Falls after me. So overall, I think uh, this is a very underrated album. This is probably one of the best albums to come out in 2004. Because uh, what was College Dropout came came out that year too. From start to finish, this album's very consistent. I mean, there are a few hip hiccups towards like the middle and ending with the song "Oh My God," which is a disastrous of a song. <laughs> and I just love the production on here because you don't you don't get really those big names on there, but you get these unknown producers that still bring their own. Man, they still they're still on par with the um like the very the Kanye West, the high techs the Ninth Wonders, all that shit. And I just love Master Ace's storytelling ability. He just he just finds a way to encapsulate everything, paint a picture of it, and then, like, you're actually living that lifestyle, 
like you're actually there. It's kind of like uh, what's it? Those like wildlife fucking documentaries and shit. <laughs> yeah. And, like the Australians like narrating what's happening and stuff. And yeah, I just love he just brings his heart and soul to it. Like the 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 interludes and the the voice actors feel very like lifeful. Like these are actually like real people you encounter, you know. They're just not like very they're not sleeping, they're not on laxidates where they're just like you know what I mean? It is very very professional. And I think Vat Fats is like the funny voice one of the funniest voice actors on here. He carry he kind of steals a show on a lot of the interludes in the album, just from like an interlude standpoint. And I just like how Master Ace is very vulnerable on here, and you can open up to his fans about his feelings and thoughts at the time. And I think he's a very underdog rapper and producer. I just love his multi-syllabic um, rhyming style and how Eminem was actually influenced by him. You can very see in just the way he's like rapping and his flow and all that. And the guest appearances are very solid. They have like solid underground rappers, not really big names. I guess the Beat Nuts. And I just love the the rich and introspective lyricism and the storytelling and the somber and soulful production, which makes it a consistent album. So this album comes out at uh, 8.5, oh my gods, out of 10. So how about you? So for me, you know, this whole movie is kind of like a like a like a mob movie. Yeah, uh, it's told very cinematically. Um, I would say this is this was a very strong album. You know, like you said, there was a few mishaps here and there. Yeah, um, we don't need to say. Uh, whoa, there's there's especially one big one. <laughs> we um, all know what it is. <laughs> and I would say, like one issue that I would say that I kind of noticed with the whole album, it's not a major issue. Perhaps uh, it's just, that. <laughs> no, it's just, I would say, like, in mixing the album, I would say his voice. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes his voice could sound a little bit, uh, I don't know how to put this, like, he flows well to the beat. I'm trying to say, like, he, like, uh, mixing it just doesn't, yeah, like, the mixing of his voice, it does, it definitely clearly sounds like his voice on a different, is on a different layer than the instrumental is. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's just really just a kind of like a minor thing about it. That's that really doesn't ruin the album at all. Um, but I, I I liked like this is one of those rare times where like the skits actually sound good. Yeah, uh, and definitely, t- and they actually tell a real story that and and like they're also very well uh, like woven into the the story of the album and also other songs that he has in it. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to give this uh, an 8.5 out of 10. Damn, bro, we had the same score, man. Holy Dude, shit. This song is, and this album was pretty good, and I would say, uh, you know, I would say stream it before you buy it. Okay. What about you? I would definitely buy this, because it, I think this album is out, of, I don't know if it's out of print, but it does go for hella money, though, but I... I definitely think by this album because Master Ace does need it because it did, it did do financially poorly, like sales wise, but it is critically acclaimed around among underground heads. It just didn't get that promotion, which uh, Disposable Arts also had that problem as well. I'll definitely buy this album, like I said. 
there's nothing you're not gonna go wrong with this album at all. I definitely think it's better than Nori though. But yeah, I would agree. Just like from a lyricism standpoint and concept standpoint. And also these are some of like the best love songs. Cause it's not yeah. it's not done in a corny way. You know, like some people try to do it commercial wise. It was yeah. done in like a street way as well. Yeah, I I would I definitely agree with you in that too, is that the the love songs on here are very strong. Yeah. And I just like how he attacks record labels and it doesn't become tiresome either. Cause he kind of builds off of that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so what are your what are your top five songs? All right. Oh, do you have something else to say? No, I, I was just gonna say that. Do you have that? Um, do you have that question also? The hot take. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got one. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll do it after the end of everything. Yeah. So all right. So my top five songs is number five is Big City, and then number four is Good Old Love, and then number three is Beautiful, and then number two is Hood. And then number one is Brooklyn Masala. How about you? Dang, we have a lot of the similar songs on here. Holy shit, really? So five is what you want to know. Did you have okay. that one on there? No, I don't have that one on there. All right, then four is Beautiful. All right. Third is Hood. All right. Second was Good Old Love. Yeah. And number one was Brooklyn Masala. Holy, dude, we have the same number one. Holy crap. Man. Yeah. Because Brooklyn the Soul is a solid song. It gets really good. Bro, we have, we have basically the same list. We just have to, like, yeah. kind of switch things around. Yeah. It's crazy. I was, I was originally going to put Do It, man, but I actually like Big City a lot more. But, yeah. Yeah, so what's your uh, question that you have? The hot take? All right. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, Give yeah. me a second here. All right. We got time. <laughs> Dang, I totally just forgot it. Dang. Hold up. We might want to edit this part out. Hold up. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll just keep them talking and shit. Like yeah, so I'm just going to tell them next. So next week, we're going to be doing top, I want to say top 10 songs in 1980s. And then after that, we're going to conclude with this whole, um, this whole sequel trilogy. Not, not trilogy, but just like the Master Ace album. So we're going to go, so after that, we're going to do Disposable Arts, which is actually the sequel to A Long Hot Summer. And I think Disposable Arts, I'm not sure, I haven't listened to it in a while, but I definitely do like that album a lot better than this one. Not by a lot, but by kind of a cut here in a way. All right, so my take is, so like, how do you feel about uh, concept albums. Okay, that's actually a really good one. I was just I was just discussing that with myself, but um, I was just thinking about that. But for me, I'm very I'm kind of mixed on concept albums just because they overstay their welcome. Because like what happens with concept albums is that they either like they start off strong and then they kind of deteriorate with just like a lot of skits that are very uninteresting. And then a lot of the songs aren't really all that good, aren't really all that good, like produce wise. And yeah, I'm just very mixed on them. Like I can take them or leave them. They're very iffy on me. You know, the story can be really good. The story can be really bad. It really depends on the artist. And, like some of them are really long. There's this one called a Prince Among Thieves. That thing has 35 tracks on it, bro. 
That is insane, man. That was produced by, um, that was an album by Prince Paul, which came out in 99. Yeah, for me, I'm very mixed. I'm, I'm not, concept albums aren't my go-to. I, I just kind of like putting songs together and making the album fit that way. Because concept albums, you actually have to go out your way to listen to the whole, the whole album. You just can't really pick and choose songs. But yeah, that, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I'm very mixed on it because like they either have a strong beginning, crappy end, or they have like a crappy beginning but a strong ending. And they're also bugged with filler songs that kind of go off topic. That's kind of my problems with uh, concept albums. So yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you is that uh, pretty much with everything you said is that, you know, they're very, they're, like my feelings on them, you know, they're, they're hit or miss sometimes. Yeah. Um, because when you when you have a concept album, you really need to, you stay know, as an artist, you need, yeah, you need to stay focused. You need to keep uh, continuing on with uh, the, the same idea. And, you know, and like, a lot of artists, they always, they tend to typically tend to like, you know, they're going to veer away from it a little bit sometimes. So it's definitely not something I would uh, recommend for somebody who is just starting off making music, maybe. Unless, of course, you've got like a crazy ability to tell a story, but it's not really something that uh, I would encourage, you know, you know, new music makers to do, um, especially if they want to start, you know, I know it's not all about the money, but if you want to make a living off of your music, it's not the first thing I would do. Because, you know, may also due to the fact that maybe not everybody relates to your story that you're telling. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts on concept albums. Yeah, you have to have, like, a very tremendous uh, storytelling ability. Yeah. And you also, and from a listener's standpoint, you have to have a kind of a, um, what's it called? You just can't have, like... You can't a short attention span is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like concept you, you long have... yeah, concept albums are hella long, dude. They're like seventy minutes, sixty minutes. And that might be tiresome to the like listener because he's like, man, I just want this to end, you know. There's already people that just like listening to individual songs and not albums because of that reason. But yeah. Yeah. And like you have to like sit down. Like if you're if you're going to sit down and listen to a concept album. Uh, you know, you typically have to listen to the whole album to really get the story. A good concept album is a concept album where the songs together are good, but also separate, they're good too at the same time. Yeah, you have to pay attention as well. Yeah. Because you have to pick up on those like itty bitty details. Because when I was listening to this album, I'm gonna be honest, when I first listened to this album, this is not for reviewing purpose. I mean, it kind of was, but I just skipped through the whole, um, the whole skits, I just listened to the songs. But for this, when I was actually seriously reviewing it, I had to actually listen to the skits so to get a better grasp on the album. So it does kind of paint to like the rating of the album. I mean, I know a lot of people don't really count skits as like against the album because they aren't really songs. But I, I just feel like concept albums are kind of a mixed bag for me. Cause I, I just prefer kind of traditional albums where just kind of you just plug in your verses, give me a couple songs, and then you're out of there. Cause they can be like draining, especially if you don't want to sit there for like 70 minutes and kind of like pick up on details. 
you're just kind of watching the movie in like uh, um yeah like in a um audio way because you're not yeah. really able to see what's happening you just you just told me what's happening to like narration and inner thoughts and all that all right so that's my hot take unless you have some uh, more to say oh, that's all all right uh, we're gonna close this episode out like i said next week we're gonna be doing top 10 1980s hip-hop songs and we'll see you guys next time Peace out. Uh,